that God will help us here, but we need his touch. The Bible says this, Psalm number 90. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are as but as a yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and it groweth up, and in the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in light of thy countenance. For all of our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet it is their strength, labor, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We're thankful to be here. Lord, I appreciate the privilege to be in your house. And God, I come to you. I need your touch. I'm saying in front of everybody, Lord, I need your touch tonight. I need you to give me some unction to preach and help me and... Lord, help me to effectively communicate the Word of God. I pray and I pray tonight if there's one here lost, Lord, under the sound of my voice that's never been saved, God, that they would heed, they'd heed that gospel, Lord, and I pray they'd get born again. I pray, Father, if there's one here out of the will of God tonight, that, Lord, they leave here in your will. And speak to us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to listen and to hear your Word. And we thank you and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, I want to. I'm going to talk about this tonight. Every day matters. Every day matters, and uh, as we come to Psalm 90, it is uh, written by Moses. So some people have contrary to that, but I'm just going to say it's by Moses. That's how I believe it. But uh, and it's believed to be the oldest psalm uh, written by. Uh, most scholars believe that it was written during the wilderness journey. Um, and, and, and this psalm, which is a song, but it's also a prayer. It, it, it says that the prayer of Moses, the man of God. But the main theme of the psalm revolves around the brevity of humanity. And, and we see here, thinking about, I, I, thinking about this year, I said thinking about this day. I worked on this last week, but even on January 8th, let me say, this will preach right here. Thinking about this day. I don't know if there's a time in which you and I are more uh, concerned and care more about time than we are when the year changes. Uh, there's an anticipation up to it. I mean, at that point, they've moved all of the Christmas stuff on clearance and they got all of the New Year stuff in. You know what I'm talking about. They're getting that plan. And then, and then people's got things for the days ahead. They're looking ahead. They're looking back. I mean, it is in a sense a blank slate. I mean, though you may go to some of, hey, you may go to sleep. I did. I went to sleep and woke up the next day. It was a new year. You may do that. But it's some, it gives us a sense of a clean slate, a new opportunity uh, uh, in a sense. But some of us, it brings some sort of fear and anxiety because we don't know what's ahead. But I want you to notice some things we'll find throughout the scriptures that, 
God wants to teach us about our time. Now looking at this whole psalm, it'll help us to understand verse number 12 if we go ahead and, and get what's ahead of it. I want you to think about this. It starts out with, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place. I could preach air, and that's a, that is a good place to preach right there. Aren't you glad for a refuge in the day of trouble? Thank God for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And, and I'm glad, listen, it's good for everybody. There ain't a generation that the gospel won't work. I mean, it's what we need is Jesus. But, but think about this. Verse 1 through verse 4, it opens up. And you know what we're looking at? We're looking at an eternal God. Now, I, I, thought, this, I thought this was humorous in, in a way. I read different commentaries and things that they said. And, and thinking about this, Moses opens up this. I want you to grasp this. He opens up this psalm communing with God in prayer. He's talking to God about God. Can I say, we can find strength in talking to God about God. You know what will help you to realize that, hey, he's able to do all things. That will help you in a time when you need something done. Hey, that he has grace that's sufficient. That will help you when we talk about this God. But he opens up communing in prayer. And, and we see here that the Lord is our dwelling place. And may I say, I preached this at the nursing home last, last uh, Sunday afternoon. Listen, we are in a new year, but we're still with the same God. I'm glad he don't change. But he's our dwelling place. He's our refuge. He's our protection. And, and we find here that verse 2 tells us that God has no beginning or ending. Now, we, we can't grasp that. Everything we've known starts at the beginning. Even when you go to John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God doesn't have a beginning. He always has been. He always will be. Now, for me, I, my, my finite mind can't grasp all those things, but from eternity past to eternity ahead, He was, He is, and He always will be. Now, I can't explain it, but I can preach it to you. I don't understand because everything in our life revolves around time. Everything is about time. It's about time. And we can see, listen, uh, the, the Bible tells us here that we see time to God as, as a yesterday. Time is as a few hours. What we look at is uh, thousands of years God looks at and just like it was nothing. Now, we can't fathom that. I can't. But we open this, this chapter looking at an eternal God. And as we come to verse number 5, we're going to come to, we find we move from an eternal God to the brevity of man. Think about this. God wants to teach us some things. In these verses, God likens our life to a, to a few things to get in our mind. Now, some of these things, more than others, may, may speak to you. But think about this. In verse number 5, he says, Thou carriest them away as with a flood. You know what our life is likened to? It's likened to a flood. I remember uh, when I was a kid, my grandparents, they lived in Winfield, and there, there was a creek that ran through their neighborhood, and there was a few times that I can remember that we had some rains, and I mean, it wasn't a big creek, but it got up over, the, I mean, when I was a kid and the water got over the bridge, you know, that's probably three or four feet, I thought, man, that's a big deal. I mean, when you, you know, when you're eight years old and you're looking at a creek, you think that's something else. And I mean, I can remember how fast it would get up and we would look about that. You think about uh, many years back, I remember the one camp that we had up at church camp when, when the floods hit right there before it happened. I mean, how quickly things could change. I mean, I saw pictures where it, it was dry as all get out and then all of a sudden water was up as high in people's houses. And, and you think that's the way life is. That's how quick our life is. Like a flood. Just, just real quick. 
That's what God's trying to teach us. We think about verse 5. He likens it to a man's life like a flood. Notice this. We, We ought to grasp this one. They are as asleep. Now, I got up yesterday not on purpose. At 6.30. Now, I don't know how to get that internal clock from to hit the alarm on it, but, I mean, I wanted to sleep in. The kids were not home. I could have slept in till 10 o'clock. It would have been wonderful, and I was up at 6.30, okay? Tomorrow, if I wake up, I'll sleep till the buzzer sounds, and I'll want to hit it. And you know what I'll say? Man, that was fast. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, you think... Eight hours away, or sometimes I felt like eight hours being awake seemed like forever. But there's times that literally I went to bed and woke up and I thought, I mean, you know, here I thought that it was just like 15 or 20 minutes, but it would have been a whole night. That's our lives. Like a sleep. I mean, that's, and you say, well, what do you mean that's our life? In comparison to eternity, it's just like that. That's what we're looking at. We started in eternity. We started with the God that always is and always will be. We started with the God who never changes and he is the beginning and the end. I mean, we started all of there and now he's saying, God's letting us look at ourselves and he said, but your life's like a flood. Your life is like a sleep. Verse 5. In verses 5 and 6, we see man's life is like grass that grows up in the morning. And it's cut down in the evening. I could insert a joke here. It must be on the RGT grass cutting team. But what he's trying to grasp is how quickly that thing can sprout up and how quickly it can go down. In the morning and then to the evening. Think about this for a second. That's our lives. We can see these illustrations. God's given us these illustrations for us to see how quickly they are. Well, when we look at our lives, you, some of you in here is 80 years old, 90 years old. I'm 35 years old. I want you to think, if you're looking at this and you're saying, well, that, that ain't a day of sleep, that ain't that big deal. But when you start looking at it forever, it is. When you start looking at it in the view of eternity, 35 years ain't very long. I mean, it, it's like this. Think about it. In verse number 9, he likens our life to a good story, to a tale that is told. How many of you have sat around, maybe heard someone tell a story, maybe by a campfire, maybe just whenever? I mean, a good story you was interested in, they got to the end, you said, well, that's it? That's, all, that's it? That's our lives. That, 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 is, that is our lives. Like a tale that is told. And he's, he's given us these because what he wants us to realize is looking at our lives, looking at the, the days that you and I have in comparison to eternity, th- there is no comparison. I mean, we don't have a way to, to, to do that. I, and I do a poor job of this, but think about this. In verse number 10 he says, The days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, that means first a score is 20, so the three have 60, and we have 70 are the first, and then we have four score is 80. Think about this for a second. I looked, I looked for a left. I looked at the obituaries. There was people beyond that, people way, there was people younger than I was in today's obituaries. There's people around that. Let me say 70 to 80 years, if that's the average of, of, of life, that ain't very long. 
That's not very long. And in the midst of these verses, I want you to think about this. In the midst of these verses, God mentions that we're troubled because of sin. These, these, these verses about his wrath and the things that he's done, that's because of sin. I mean, not only are days short, but I think it's Job, it's maybe chapter 14. Man born of woman is full of few days and full of trouble. We got trouble. Can I say, even if you hadn't sinned at all today, you still face the trouble of sin because you live in a world that's cursed. Because we're surrounded by people that have a nature like we are. They, they, had, they had this sin nature in them. But think about this for a second. Uh, when we think about 70 or 80 years, there, there, there's not a guarantee there. And that's no comparison. Nobody says, nowhere in the Bible says, I'm going to live to be this particular age. Can, can I say, you know what we don't see here? We see an end, but we don't see a win. Find it right there. There will be an end of your days but you don't know when. Think about it. I looked at this up. My dad was talking to me, and he, he looked this up today, and I thought, well, I'm going to look at this too. I've, I've used this a couple of times, but as of today, there's 8 billion, 9 million people in the world right now. That clock is just going up and going down. Think about this. 250,000 people's days begin today. Somewhere on this earth. 250,000 got their first day. Not of a new year, but I'm talking about their first day uh, outside of the womb. Think about this. 125,000 saw their last day. That's, can I say something to you? At some point, that's going to be me and you. All of us sitting here today has already had a beginning. But one day... We're going to reach the end of days. This life is short. It's brief. And God wants us to realize this. And Moses talking to God about how, how he was an eternal God and how his years and how he was from everlasting to everlasting. Then he begins to look at them. And I think about Moses in the wilderness. Maybe he wrote this at the end of the wilderness journey. I don't know. Maybe he penned this after he knew he wasn't going to the promised land. I don't know exactly when he penned it. But what he looked at is they, they wandered around that place for 40 years and people were dying off and dying off. And, and you know what? He, he saw the brevity of life. There is an end to this thing. Now notice when we get to verse 12. And I don't know how much longer I'm even going to be. But I just got some points here to stay with you. I want you to think about this. Here's what I want to tell you about 8 billion people. 8 billion people have this guarantee. Mark this down. Their days will come to an end and they will meet God. All 8.9 million of us, listen to me, our days are going to end. That's as Bible as it comes. And here's another Bible. You're going to meet God. Now my question to you is, are you ready to meet God? Everybody's going to meet Him. And this is where we see the importance of our days. You know how you prepare to meet God? In this day. In these days. Not in the next. When you get to eternity, that's how it is. As we come to verse 12, Moses has been communing with God. But his prayer changes from communion to petition. Can I say, when we start thinking about certain things, it ought to move us. And notice what Moses begins to do. 
through the verse number 12 down through the end, he begins to ask God for some things down through the end of the chapter. Now, I'm just going to look at verse number 12, but one, he talks about satisfaction. Oh, satisfy us. He talks about mercy. Can I say something to you? We all need God's mercy. Uh, the, the, he, he started getting these requests, but I want to look at number 12. The first one that he started with, verse number 12, and notice what it says. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now here's some things I want to talk to you about tonight. Seeing the brevity of life should make us value it. Not only in its quickness, but its length. And, 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 and I'm talking about tonight, let me say something to you. Look in two ways. First... It ought to make us value it because of the opportunity we have in terms of salvation. You know why it's very important if you're here tonight and you're lost? Let me say why you're, you're a very important reason why you're here tonight. Because God's given you opportunity to hear the gospel. And let me say something to you. This may be one of the most important days you have. Every day matters. But think about this for a second. Because it's 100% certain your life is going to end and you're going into eternity you should value the opportunity to be saved in your days. And I want to tell you some good news for your days. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, don't worry, he preached it this morning, I'm going to preach it tonight. For Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried and on the third day rose again according to the Scriptures. If you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be saved, headed into eternity. And may I say something to you? God even says today's the day of salvation. No, looking at what we just looked at, let me say something to you. You say, preacher, are you trying to scare me? No, I'm just, I'm just being real with you. You don't know if you've got another day. You don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. You don't know that. I don't know that. I mean, I'm 35. I'm in pretty good health. I, I have plans for tomorrow. I, I think I'm going to go to work and things. Let me say something to you. I don't know that I'll take another breath. And if I was sitting here tonight lost, let me say something to you. I want to talk about value in a day. Don't even wait. If you're here tonight and you're lost, listen to me. Don't just get up now and come to the altar. Don't wait till don't wait till the end. Just come down and ask God to save you. He'll do that. That's what He wants to do. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know why we ought to value our days? Because there's eternity ahead, and it's in these days we have the opportunity to be saved. But secondly, we should value the days because of the brevity of life. We should value the days because of the opportunity we have to serve him here. May I say something to you? You ain't going to get another opportunity once this life's over to serve Jesus Christ on this earth. And, and, and looking at this verse, let me say something. When it's talking about wisdom, it's not talking about being uh, successful out in the world and all these things. It's, it's all talking about being in God's will. That's what this is talking about. Being in the will of God. But I want you to think about this. We ought to value our days because our days to serve Him, the opportunity that we have, listen, it is, uh, it is measured. I want you to think about some things. I just got some statements here. I want you to think about this. This is a prayer to God, okay? This is a prayer that Moses has. Can I say, we should be seeking God in regard to our days. If you're not praying about how to use your day, and your days, you ought to start today. Let, let, let me get this. I got another point. Let me go down here and get this one. I'll come back. If you're here tonight, listen to me. You younger ones, 
Well, I'm 35, so anybody younger than me, all right? That make you younger. The younger ones need to learn this to value their days as soon as they can. Let me say something to you. Learning that, hey, listen, don't be a day too late. Get it, while you, get it when you're young. Don't waste days. Don't waste time. That's one of the biggest regrets I have in my life, the years I wasted. But let me say something to you. The older ones here, that's you above 35. You need to continue to number your days. Don't waste them. Don't think because you can retire. Let me say, I plan on retiring in 19 years. Listen to me. But I'm not ever going to retire from serving the Lord. Hey, I want, I want, hey, till my last day, I want to serve him. And that's how we ought to be. Let me say something to you. Don't just, you say, well, preacher, I can't do it. Let me, don't look back there. Don't look back there. I'll go to another point to give you this point. We should learn from yesterday, but we should not live in it. You may not be all these things that you were before, but if you have a day, give it to God. And you need to continue to number your days. Continue to value them, to see that you have life. Listen, if you're breathing here tonight, God's got a purpose for you and something for you. This day matters. So we should be seeking God in regards to our days. I mean, we plan out vacations and we plan out things. And there's nothing wrong with making plans, but I want to say something to you. We ought to be asking God, what is it you have for me this day? That's value in the day. Not putting off tomorrow the things we know we must do today. Valuing today. That someday will be our last day. Think about this. He says to teach us the number of our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. From the, from the oldest in here to the wisest in here, I'm going to say something to you. We all fall under this. There is something to learn about our days and our decisions from God. Notice this verse. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now the first thing he's trying to teach us is we got something to learn. Don't ever think you get to the place you've got it all down. I went through that phase as a teenager. Some of y'all probably did too. I just found out I was wrong and everybody else was right. But let me say something to you. We all got something to learn, even from the oldest of us, about our days. And I want you to notice that we can see the direct correlation here that uh, learning to value and understand our days will help us and impact our decisions. But we have something to learn about our days and about all of our decisions from God. That's what Moses is talking about. He's ta he said, Lord, he's, remember, he opens this opens up with Lord. He's talking to the Lord. He said, teach us. Now let me say something to you. We can learn from other people. That's great. And we should. I learn all kinds of things all the time. I want to stay learning. But we better start with the Lord. We better start with the Lord. Here's what else we learn. Think about Moses. I believe the Bible says that he was one of the meekest men that was on the earth. I mean, outside of Jesus, there wasn't nobody, uh, I mean, uh, as meek as Moses. You, you think how 
wise he was, the things. Yes, he had all kinds. He had a past. He had all kinds of things. But think about this. He didn't have all the answers. Let me say something to you. Man does not have all the answers about life apart from God. Man may know some things. You may have some things, but let me say something to you. We don't have nothing without him. Moses is seeking out the Lord. And it's important because we're in a day where you can get answers. You can get answers to your questions. But are you concerned about getting the right answers? Open up, don't do this. Open up a Twitter account and ask, hey, get on there and ask people, hey, how should I live tomorrow? You'll get all kinds of feedback. And then you'll get all kinds of feedback amongst the comments where they can't agree on how you're supposed to live. But there is a place we can go to. There's a person we can go to that has all the answers. The Bible says over in Isaiah, he wrote the end from the beginning. He's not, he's not look, we're looking at things going ahead. God's already been there. He said, I will write it from the backward. I mean, like, he, he already knows. I mean, I know what some things, listen, I've read the back of the book. I know we're going to win. I know some things about the end, but I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this day. Tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. We can start singing that. But I know who holds my hand. I'm glad that I know I can put my hand in the hand of the one that knows all things. And you know what Moses was doing here? He was saying, it's, it's all, I mean, you're talking about, if we're looking at Old Testament people and we're looking at resumes and that's not, we're not comparing, but that's not wise to compare. But if we're looking at them, we're going to say, I mean, Moses is a top fiver. Find me five, find me five other people that you would put ahead of Moses in the Old Testament. Go ahead, you, I, I can't find five. And you know what he's doing? He's sitting here saying, Lord, we need you. May I say something? In 2023, Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle, we need him. We need him. We don't have all the answers, but he does. Think about this. The purpose of learning to number our days is to impact us to make wise decisions. Now, I want to say something to you. What you'll find is there's been all kinds of people that's made bad decisions that's cost them days. We've all done this. We've made decisions that were not wise, that were not lined up with the will of God. And you know what it's done? It's cost us time, problems, trouble. I mean, uh, think about the, the things that we've done where we didn't apply our heart to wisdom. And, and what, we're, what God's trying to tell us is if we could learn to value our days, it'll make us change how we act and what we do. God wants us, to, this is to help us. God wants us to be wise. He's not up there restraining back saying, keep them back. Let's put something in their way so they can't figure it out. That's not what he's doing. He's wanting us to trust him and trust what he tells us to do. And that's wisdom. Wisdom is, is making the right, proper use of right knowledge. I mean, in a sense, that's the best way I can define it. But if you know that days are numbered, you're less likely going to waste days. And you're less likely going to make choices that may cause you to waste days or waste opportunity or waste time. God wants us to be wise. There is value to every day. Now, 
we could go every season of life. I could go over to Ecclesiastes and read it. To everything there is a season, a time, uh, to every purpose under the heaven. Can I say, there, every season of life has a divine purpose in it. And may I say, every day does. Every day does. So, some days, listen, some days are to rest. There's a purpose in that. You realize that we don't waste days. There's, but, but, but we can waste days, but we ought not waste days. But there's a divine purpose in every day. Think about this. We need to see the importance and the value in every day. And it will aid us in making decisions in regards to God's will. We start thinking about the limited opportunities and the days that we could have. What it'll do is it'll give us the urgency. You say, well, I'm not going to be here very long. I don't know how many days I got. You know what that ought to do? That ought to get us to give out the gospel now instead of putting it off next week. Because here's the two things. I don't know if that person's going to be here, and I don't know if I'm going to be here. And I don't know if I'm going to run into that opportunity that God has opened up the door. And you see what happens when I begin to value my days and see the opportunities, it begins to change the decisions that I make. Decisions to be in the will of God. That's what this thing's about. Living in God's will. And God wants us to learn, teach us, so you and I can learn and that we may apply. That's the application part. There's times you and I, we're all guilty of this, know what we ought to be doing, but we're doing something else. I'm not mad at you guys over here. I just keep coming to the right, so... But I want you to think about this for a second, that we may apply. That, that the application part's for us here. God will teach us and tell us, what well, here, here, if you ask the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead you today. And that's the way it ought to be. We ought to be Spirit-filled, Spirit-led. And He's going to guide us in our day. And He's going to help us make the decisions. But you've got choices to make. I, I, I believe it was Clarence Sexton, I heard preach on this one time. And he emphasized the importance of choices. May I say, there's as much about learning about our days as there is the choices that we make in each day. Choices have consequences. When you're young, you don't think about that stuff. I think about, what's why you got to watch kids. I mean, I, I'll, never, I'll never forget when I was, I was maybe five years old, my dad was, he had plowed a garden at his brother's house. And he said, don't run over here. All right, stay away from over here. And he put the tiller there. It was hot. Well, you know what I did. I ran down the hill. And I jumped over this little wall. And to catch myself, my hand went right on the top of it. And I thought, I never thought about the consequences of, I could, there was multiple ways I could have got to where I was going. But, but do, do children think like that? No, I just saw the quickest way. I didn't heed the warning, and I made a choice, and I burnt my hand. But, but I think about, as we grow, listen, we ought to be more conscientious about every decision that we make and how it's going to impact us in the will of God. That's what this thing's about. And God wants to help us get there. Think about this. This talks about our hearts and our days. Do you realize that our days and our hearts are directly connected as our days will be filled with what's in our hearts. You can get that for a second. He said, 
Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. What's in our hearts is what's going to fill our days. So it's important that you and I put the right things in our hearts. That, that, that we see the connection there of the heart and our days. And isn't it amazing that he's not called, he's only one time in there does he mention years, but he calls it days. That, already, that automatically, I mean, I think years, and I've said, I said it maybe twice in this, but I think 19 years. Now, if I start counting out how many days I got till retirement, it'll probably seem quicker than, than 19 years. You think, we think about years. That's every year we ha- when you have a birthday. We think, well, I'm, I'm such and such year old or whatever. But God's telling us to think about it as days. Going down a little bit more. To teach us to number our days. We should value our days. We should learn from yesterday. I know I said this, but I'm going to say it again. But we should not live in yesterday. You know what the devil wants you to do? Turn you around and get stuck. Look at the track record, look at the failures, look at the things you've done wrong, look at how you failed God, all these kind of things. Let me say something to you. You may have done all those things and he may be right. But you know what he's doing? He's keeping you from the day you got. And see, at the same time that he's got you distracted by the past, you're missing out on the present. The days are going by. Let me say something to you. We can't live back there. If I could go back and change it, I'd have done done that. There's a lot of things I would have changed. They're gone. They're gone. I can't get them. You can't get them. But you got today. January 8, 2023. You got this day. We can use what we have. But we ought to learn from our past. I ought not get stuck in the same things I failed over. I mean, listen, if you keep falling over the same things, you need to learn something from your past. That's why Paul said, forgetting those things are behind. He didn't want to rest on the things he'd already done or the things that he'd already failed. He just said, I want to go. But that doesn't mean that he didn't look back and thank God for where he brought him from. But he didn't want to get hindered in his race by the things of the past. You may be, I'm 35, let me say something, I'm 35 years old, and I don't know how many days I got, this is January, so I turned 36 in June, so I got about 35 and a half years. If I, listen, every single one of those days are gone. All of them, they're gone. They're past, the, I ought to live in some ways as if they didn't exist. Some ways, I should think about that. But in some ways, I ought to remember and learn from everything there so that this day can be more lived in God's will. I hope it's helping y'all. But, but I, I want you to think about this. We should make every day count. Every day. There's something we can do. God has something for us. Listen, when God's done with you, guess what? You'll be with him. You're saved, listen, on your way to heaven. When God's done with you down here, listen to me. When, you, when God says, I don't have nothing left for them anymore, guess what he's going to do? He's going to call you home. We got purpose. No matter how young, how old, there's purpose. God's given you days. Every day should count. God's got something for you down here. And lastly, I'm going to end on this. Our days will impact, our decisions will impact our days. 
Now, he talks about his days before he talks about his decisions, but we need to learn that our decision is going to impact our days. It's a vice versa thing. That's why he wants us to make wise decisions. We don't know how many days we have left here as a church. I'm not talking about Roxalana. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Uh, that's why I didn't say everybody's going to die. Because there's going to be a group of people that ain't dying. Praise God. They're going, there's going to be a large, loud sound of a trumpet from heaven. And all, we're just going to get up and get out of here. some point, it's going to be, there's going to be that. But let me say something to you. All of our days are going to end. Lost or saved. Your days are going to end at some place, and you're going to reach eternity. And that's the main purpose of this whole psalm, I believe with all my heart, is to help us see our lives looking into eternity. Listen to me, friend. You're here tonight. You have a soul that's going to exist somewhere forever. This is not the end. I get this Google ad all the time that, comes on my phone, I'm on YouTube or something, and this, and this girl, she says, she says, well, I'm just going to bet on myself and take a chance. And I'm thinking, man, if I could find you to tell you, that's a really dumb decision. This is, th listen, friend, this ain't the end. There will be an end. But that ain't the end of everything. God wants us to know that there's eternity that awaits us. And the greatest decision you'll ever make will be made in your days on this earth. And that's the decision of what are you going to do with Jesus Christ. As Tom preached this morning so wonderfully, we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. May I say something to you here tonight? If you're here tonight and you're lost, listen to me. Christ died to save you. There, there, you may have all kinds of days, and let me say something to you. This one's going down as one of the greatest if you get saved tonight. Because it's not only a day. You know what's amazing about salvation? That was so good this morning, what you said on that. I never th I've never thought about that talked about that purpose and I think about how the Bible says you can go to Revelation I think it's chapter 5 it's the last verse in chapter number 5 and it says for all things were created by him and for his pleasure I didn't quote exactly but that's what it says in there we were created to please God that's that's the purpose of life don't have to get on Facebook tonight don't have to get on Twitter you don't have to get on the internet don't get on www listen to me open the King James Bible we were created to please and worship God that's our purpose. All oh, man, no matter the color of your skin, no matter how much money you have, the language that you speak, every single man, woman, boy, and girl, and that's all there is, man, woman, boy, and girl. You get saved, you won't be non-binary. Listen to me. Our purpose is to serve Him. We were created to please God. That's your purpose here. But I never thought about this till this morning. Man, that was good. I'm going to preach it somewhere else and act like I'm the one who gave it to him. Don't worry, I do it all the time. He said this, though. I've talked about the pleasure of uh, the, the, the purpose of our days, but he talked about missing your purpose in eternity. You know, if you die lost, 
forever you'll miss your purpose. That's, that's, that ought to stop for a second and make us think about that. I'm, I'm not talking about for a limited time. I'm talking about forever missing your purpose. Do you realize that when you and I who are saved are in heaven serving the Lord, doing whatever God's going to have us do for eternity, as He shows us the riches of His grace from time to time, I mean just forever and forever, we've made, listen, we have absolutely hit our eternal purpose through Calvary, through what Jesus did for us, through the grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. That's a lot of weight on a decision you will be held accountable for. My dad's a pastor. Y'all know that. Preached here. Been pastored 25 some years. I love him. He's a good man. I learned a lot of good things from him. Let me say something to you. I'm not going to heaven, Judy. Because my dad's a pastor. Tom's one of my best friends. He's one of my pastors. Listen to me. I can't get in off of Tom Price I love this church I love you people I, I, I live to be here this does I mean I come in here and I come here on the worst of days and get help just seeing you all it helps me but I'm not going to heaven because of you all I had to make a personal decision in my days James says, what is your life? Can I say something to you? It's your life. It's your life. It's my life. I have my life and you have your life. God's given us that. He calls it your life. That's what he says. But in the midst of that, we're going to make the biggest decision that's going to change. It's going to determine our forever. You know what the world's living in? They're not thinking about eternity. They're thinking, they're thinking they're going to live forever. I went to funerals of people I graduated with a year or two after, I, after we graduated. Somebody in the paper today, 26 years old. People would say he had the rest of his life ahead of him. And I would say that too. Can I say something to you? He's in eternity. There's a list of people, of names, of people that love. They're in eternity. You see how important our days are? Our days are an opportunity to accept and, and, and receive God's gift of grace, of salvation, on the basis of what Jesus did at Calvary. We have an opportunity, limited days that we have down here. Tom's been preaching longer than I've been alive. Think about that. That's a compliment. And listen, he's staying with the right stuff. Y'all ought to get a little bit more happy about that. Because a lot of times, you know what, they fall off and give in. I'm glad you still got the stance. Stay with it. Praise God for it. He's been preaching, what, 46 years? I'm 35. He's been 11 years. He's been preaching the gospel longer than I've been alive by 11 years. He's been using his days. And I know this. He's told me this. He's told from his pulpit. He's going to use every day he's got to finish well. I don't know what we got left, church. But whatever we got left, we ought to give it all we got to the Lord.
I mean, we ought to go down. Hey, listen, we ought to go down exhausting ourselves, giving ourselves over. I know we may not feel like it in every day, but we can get to the Word of God and it'll help us. I've wasted days. I've probably wasted days in the last two weeks. But I don't want to. And how we need to get in God's will.